Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. Life, faith, together. The Bible reading is from Acts chapter 9, verses 1 to 16. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there that belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men travelling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes he could see nothing, so they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he's come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Well, we're continuing our series entitled The Big Story of the Bible, Finding Our Place in God's Story. You see, the Bible tells one big story that finds its climax in Jesus. And so it's a story about God and it's the true story of the world. And I invite you to find your place within the story. And today we're still in Act 5, the story of the church, spreading the good news of the king. And today we're in scene three, a gospel people. What is the gospel? Well, the word gospel simply means good news. And it's referring to the good news about Jesus, that Jesus has risen from the dead, that new creation has now begun, and Jesus is the king of new creation, and we can be a part of it. Now, you will remember uh, in, in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, Jesus commissions the church by saying, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Then a few days later, after Jesus had ascended into heaven, 
the Holy Spirit filled a small gathering of Jewish believers and their hearts were set on fire and they boldly proclaimed the good news of Jesus. One thing about fire is it spreads and the gospel spread like wildfire. And despite a very severe persecution, it soon became a global movement. Today, it's estimated that 2.3 billion people claim to be followers of Jesus. And the book of Acts tells the, the remarkable story of how the gospel began to spread throughout the known world. And so we have this constant refrain in the book of Acts, like the Lord added to their number daily, or so the word of God spread. But what led to the word of God spreading? Well, it was their actions and their words. It was their lifestyle and their preaching. So they didn't merely preach the gospel, they lived the gospel. This is clearly seen in Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, we, we, we were told about how the apostles were, were boldly preaching the good news. But Acts chapter 2 ends by telling us how this newly formed community of believers started sharing their possessions with each other so that there was no one in need. And then the last line in Acts chapter 2 and verse 47, it says, and the Lord added to their number daily. It was their actions and their words. Again, this is seen in Acts chapter 6, uh, where we told that some of the Greek widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. The, the daily distribution of food is kind of their equivalent to the food bank. And some of the, the, the Greek widows were being overlooked. How does the church respond? Will they appoint leaders to ensure that no one is discriminated against and that no one is overlooked? So at the same time, the apostles could continue to be devoted to, to preaching the word of God, the gospel. And then we told at the end in Acts chapter 6 and verse 7. So the word of God spread. It was both their lifestyle and their preaching. You see, they didn't just preach the gospel, they lived their gospel. They embodied the gospel within their community. And so when people saw them and people saw the way they lived and heard what they were saying about Jesus, they were drawn to the church. Now, very interestingly, in, in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, Jesus says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. But by Acts chapter 8, they're still in Jerusalem. I mean, they, they've gone nowhere. They, they're still in Jerusalem. But then we're told that there was this great persecution that broke out against the church. Acts chapter 7 ends with a guy by the name of Stephen being killed simply because he was preaching the good news of Jesus. He is the first person to be killed for his faith in Jesus. And then we read in Acts chapter 8 and verse 1, 
On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. You see, we either do Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, or God is going to Acts chapter 8 and verse 1 us. And the great irony over here is that the the very persecution that was meant to stop the spreading of the gospel actually caused it to spread. And and we see that as this persecution came about, it was ordinary Christians. Take note, it says, all except the apostles. So it, it wasn't the apostles. It was just ordinary, everyday, normal Christians who were then scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. And, and wherever they went, they started sharing the good news of Jesus and, and churches sprung up in their homes. I mean, they didn't have church buildings or anything. And it's kind of like the church in Jerusalem, this, this dandelion. And when the wind of persecution comes, it spreads its seeds. And then all of a sudden, all these churches started springing up all over the place. You see, God constantly takes evil and uses it for good. And God's still doing that today. Take, for example, the the house church movement in China. Despite fierce persecution, that church continues to grow at an astonishing rate. Sociologists now predict that there will be more than 150 million Chinese Christians by the, by the year 2030. That'll make it the, most, uh, the, the, the biggest population of, of Christians on earth. And God's still doing it now. Uh, Misha sent me a, a cartoon earlier, earlier in the week where, where Satan says to God, With COVID-19... I closed your churches. To which God responds, On the contrary, I have just opened one in every home. Perhaps God is using COVID-19, just like he used that great persecution, to get us out of our buildings and into the community, to, to scatter us. So that we can share the good news of Jesus in both our actions and our words. And it's at this point in in Acts that we are introduced to Saul of Tarsus, a.k.a. Paul. Uh, Saul was his Jewish name. Paul was his Roman name. And so when he's speaking to Jews, he's referred to as Saul. And when he's speaking to Greeks, or if he's writing in Greek, he's referred to as Paulus, Paul. And Saul Paul is the most unlikely person to become a great leader within the church. When we first meet Paul, he is persecuting the church. When they killed Stephen, he was standing there cheering them on. And we read in Acts chapter 8 and verse 1, And Saul approved of their killing him. He, he may even have been in charge. You see, Paul was this zealous Jew. Uh, he, he was a Pharisee. He was a member of that very strict uh, Jewish sect. 
And he had been trained and educated by a famous rabbi. So he knew the Hebrew scriptures backwards. And for Paul, Paul believed that Jesus of Nazareth simply could not be the Messiah. Because Jesus had been crucified by the Romans. And therefore, Paul believed that Jesus was nothing more than a cursed blasphemer who had been crucified. And therefore, Paul believed any Jew who worshipped Jesus was also a cursed blasphemer who deserved to die. But then, in Acts chapter 9, when he was on the road to Damascus, Jesus suddenly appeared to him in this bright light. And Paul fell to the ground and then he heard this voice. And we read in Acts chapter 9 and verse 4. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? For three days Paul was blind. But in his blindness he saw the truth. That Jesus was indeed alive. That he was the, the risen reigning Messiah. And that he was king over all creation. And then Jesus commissions Paul. And we read in Acts chapter 9 and verse 15. Jesus says, this man, referring to Saul, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name. That's, that's the gospel, the good news. To the Gentiles, that's the non-Jews, and their kings and the people of Israel. From Acts chapter 13 onwards, Paul becomes the central human figure within the story. The Holy Spirit is still the main character, but now from Acts chapter 13 onwards, Paul is the leading human character. And one day, uh, while the church is worshipping in Antioch, uh, Antioch was uh, Paul's home church. And, and while they were worshipping, one day the Holy Spirit said to them, and we read in Acts chapter 13 and verse 2, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And the church in Antioch sends Paul on three mission trips. You see, up until this point, uh, the gospel had spread from Jerusalem and had, had spread around only around Jewish regions, including uh, uh, Judea and Samaria. But now with these three mission trips, Paul takes the gospel beyond the Jewish areas and into modern day Turkey and Greece. And then eventually all the way to the city of Rome, the capital, the center of the known world. And the rest of Acts is kind of like a, a travel journal reporting all that happened as the gospel is spread through the known world. And it's kind of like, well actually, it's not even kind of like, this is the first planned effort to take the gospel to areas that have not yet heard the gospel. You see, up until now, uh, the gospel has spread in a, in a very unorganized and unplanned way through persecution. But now they actually have a planned effort to take the gospel to places that have never heard it before. And it's the church in Antioch, while still continuing its ministry around Antioch, suddenly lifts its gaze to the ends of the earth in obedience to Jesus' call. 
And it's kind of like, I can just imagine them sitting and thinking, well, you know, the church, the, the, the gospel really spread really well when we were being persecuted, when we scattered because of persecution. I wonder, what if we just scattered ourselves? I mean, we, we don't have to be persecuted in order to be scattered, do we? And perhaps when our buildings reopen, we'll need to do the same kind of reflecting. We maybe need to learn uh, uh, what were the advantages of being scattered and how can we continue to ensure that we are scattered into our community so that we can better share the gospel of Jesus. And so for the next few decades, uh, Paul travels to a remarkable number of places and he, he travels you know, hundreds and hundreds of miles on Roman roads in order to share the good news of Jesus. And all of this before budget flights and social media. And wherever he goes, he shares the gospel and then he plants a church. And then he would move on to the next city. And he planted many churches. He planted churches in Cyprus and Glacier. And then eventually he went to Europe and he planted churches in Philippi and Thessalonica, Athens, Corinth, and, and many, many more. And after he had planted a church and he moved on, he would then write to them in order to encourage them and maybe to sort out a couple of problems. And these letters that he wrote are named after the city it's written to. So when he writes to the church in Philippi, it's called Philippians. When he writes to the church in Corinth, it's called 1 and 2 Corinthians and so on. And of the 27 books in the New Testament, 13 are letters written by Paul. And we also have letters by Peter and James and John and Jude. And it's within these letters that Paul really unpacks and explains the significance of the gospel. And we'll be looking at that next time. At the end of Paul's third mission journey, he travels down to Jerusalem. And when he's in Jerusalem, he gets arrested by the Jewish authorities on trumped-up charges. But because uh, Paul is a Roman citizen, he appeals to Caesar, the, the, the Roman emperor. And so they send him off to Rome. And the book of Acts ends with Paul in Rome, waiting to be trialed by Caesar. He is effectively on death row. And can you guess what he's doing? He's preaching the good news of Jesus to the guards that he's chained to. I mean, they are literally his captive audience. And then we read in Acts chapter 28 and verse 30 to 31. For two whole years, Paul stayed there. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. And, and that's how it ends. It ends abruptly and without any sense of, of closure. Why does it end like that? Well, it's because that is not the end of the story. This part of the story is still being written today by us, by you and me. You see, on the day of Pentecost, God sent the Holy Spirit like tongues of fire. And the gospel quickly spread like wildfire all over the known world. It spread from Jerusalem all the way to Rome. 
And now today, God wants to set our hearts on fire with his love so that we can share the good news of Jesus with our world and so that we can write the next chapter in this amazing story. This is our mission. And this is the big story of the Bible. A couple of questions for us to reflect on. How can we play our part in this story by the power of the Holy Spirit? We too have been scattered, not by persecution, but by COVID-19. And now that we are, are scattered into our homes and online, how can we effectively share the gospel in both our actions and words? How can we embody the good news and share the good news of Jesus with our family, our friends, our neighbors, our work colleagues? Perhaps you can share the good news with your, with your neighbor while you're chatting to your neighbor at the end of their driveway. Perhaps you lack, lack boldness uh, and, and you're struggling. Well, well, pray for the Holy Spirit to to give you that boldness. Pray for the, for the Holy Spirit to give you an opportunity to share your faith story. We are part of the story. We, we don't have to meet in a building in order to share the good news. We can share the good news from our homes just like the early Christians did. So let's pray that the Holy Spirit will fill us with God's presence. So we can, in, in big ways and small ways, share the good news of Jesus. We might feel scattered. But that's exciting. So let's make this our story. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit would fill us afresh. We pray that you would pour your Spirit within us. That you would set our hearts on fire with your love. That we would be able to proclaim the good news of Jesus just like Peter, just like Paul, just like Stephen. Father, we thank you that the very same Spirit that empowered Jesus and empowered Peter and Stephen and Paul and all the early Christians, that very same Spirit is available to us. Won't you pour your Spirit into us right now and empower us. Give us boldness. Give us wisdom. Create opportunities. Help us to share the gospel, not just with words, but also with actions. And Father, we pray that even our small actions could achieve great things for your kingdom. Father, help us to lift our eyes, our gaze up to the ends of the world to see those who have never heard. Give us a heart and a passion for them. And Father, we also confess that we can't do this in our strength. We feel too weak. So we pray that by your Holy Spirit, you will place a door before us, an open door, that you will place opportunities before us and that you would empower us and enable us 
to share the wonderful, the great, the awesome good news of Jesus. We ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about Abergavenny Baptist Church, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.